welcome to another episode of the Haskin Cast Podcast. I am your host, Scott Haskin, and I have another album review today. Well, kind of a, a best of mini review, I guess. Uh, I'll be reviewing songs that basically make an entire album, but um, I, I don't know all the songs on this extremely well. There's really only certain ones I listen to. Um, this is today's uh, review. We're talking about the Rolling Stones Hot Rocks 1964 to 1971. This came out before I was born, actually. But uh, there are a few songs on here that I really like and uh, I, I think have had a good influence on me as a songwriter, as an arranger. And so I, I wanted to go over those. I don't know all the songs on this double best of. So uh, that's why I'm not covering the whole thing. They're not, you know, they're not all songs that have had an impact on me. So uh, if it was just a single album, there were a couple songs I didn't know I would cover the whole thing. But um, with it being a double album, I'm really only covering about half the songs anyway, or just uh, just under half. So um, I am not uh, anybody that I would say is a huge fan of the Rolling Stones. I don't dislike them by any means, but I've just never they've been another one of those bands that I've just never really dug into. However, there are some songs that I absolutely love. There are things I like about the Stones. Like I, I just like the fact that they're a simple band. You know, they don't do over-the-top songs. They're not incredibly technical. They're just great songs, you know, very simple and straightforward music, interesting, creative, sure. But, uh, you know, I, music doesn't have to be progressive for me to enjoy it. Sometimes I like to just ease back and listen to something just simple and well put together and well performed and enjoyable. And I would say that um, all of these songs fit into that category. They certainly have their own sound, no doubt about that. But, um, you know, they're not like a King Crimson where they have to have all these technical parts or, or Emerson Lake of Palmer or anything like that. Um, I, I couldn't even say I know a single guitar solo off the top of my head. I just think about when I think about the Rolling Stones, I think good songwriters, good performers, solid band, simplistic stuff. And for me, that is sometimes a great thing. I mean, sure, I love the progressive stuff. But like I said, Sometimes you just want to relax your brain and just put something on that you can kind of just let your mind go limp and just listen to and enjoy and take it for what it is. And so um, that's that's how I am with these guys. They're really uh, more about songs that make me feel something or something that I just, there's something about it I really like. So our first song that we're going to talk about today is called As Tears Go By. It is the evening of the day I sit and watch the children play Smiling faces I can see But not for me I sit and watch as tears go by My riches can't buy everything I want to hear the children sing It's such a simple and elegant and beautiful song. But for me, you know, I think maybe too, a, a lot of this goes to nostalgia and memories and all that. I remember 
being very, very young and on our street, they hadn't paved it yet. We were living on a dirt road. It was in the middle of a neighborhood. I mean, it was all going to get paved. But when we first were there, it was a dirt road. And I remember the summer that the trucks were there paving it. And so I, I would sit there, you know, in our front lawn, which I think, I think the lawn might've been dirt too. I don't remember now. Um, but I had like these uh, Tonka construction trucks, you know, like a shovel and a crane and all that. And I would sit there and play in the dirt and pretend that I was, um, you know, working with the construction crew, trying to get everything done. And I mean, I'm probably like three or four years old at the most at this point. And um, I remember like the day before they were going to do the area in front of our house. Um, I knew like this was the last day I was going to be able to play outside in front for a couple of days because the construction crew was going to be there leveling the dirt and then paving it and all that. And it would take like two days or whatever for it to all be done. And it was, the sun was going down and there was just a certain glow that we would have in Michigan at that time. And, um, this is probably 75 or 76. I want to say, I just remember the, the way it all looked and I wish I had a picture of it. I've got other pictures of that time, you know, in, in Michigan in different years with that same kind of glow. But there was just something about that I remember. And whenever I, I hear this song and thinking about this person watching the, the children playing, I just it just brings me right back to that night. And so there's probably a lot of nostalgia involved in why I like this song. But just taking it as a song, I mean, it's really elegant guitar playing. Um, very simple, not a lot of changes, but enough to keep it interesting. I love the addition of the strings and it's just a really well done and beautiful song. So I definitely think that that has had an influence over maybe some of the more delicate pieces that I've written, trying to just capture that feeling, you know, where it's really mostly about the emotion and even the nostalgia within the lyrics of this person remembering the things that they've gone through and, and done in their life. But uh, yeah, it's it's definitely a beautiful song, one that I've I've always loved very much, and so uh, that's you know it's why I included it. So our next song that we're going to go over is one called "Mother's Little Helper." What a drag it is getting old. Kids are different today. I hear every mother say, Mother needs something today to calm her down. And though she's not really ill, there's a little yellow pill. She goes running for the shelter of her mother's little helper, and it helps her on her way, gets her through her busy day. Things are different today. Fresh food for her husband's just a drag So she buys an instant cake And she buys a frozen steak And goes running for the shelter of her mother's little helper And to help her on her way Very much like As Tears Go By, this is a simple song. It's got, you know, some more dynamics to it. But again, at the, at the basic core of it, it's a very simple song. A um, couple of changes and and that's it. You know, there's there's another couple changes in the song later, but uh, overall, it, it's just another very simple song. And that's, again, one of the things I really like about the Stones. 
Um, I really like that feedback in the beginning um, when, after he starts singing and then just that da 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 just that little lick. You know, it adds a lot of color to the song. It makes it very unique and identifiable. I don't know exactly how they're getting that sound, but I really like it. It sounds like the tape is a little bit warped, but it's not. Um, it's, it's a really cool sound. Um, I don't know specifically what Mother's Little Helper would be if it was a pill, I, I, what kind of pill it would be. Uh, for me, obviously, it would be coffee. That would just be my thing that I would always run to. But um, definitely an interesting song. And you kind of think about, you know, in the in the 60s and the 70s, like, uh, you know, like take, take uh, June Cleaver on Leave It to Beaver. And, you know, her whole thing is doing the groceries, cleaning the house, making the beds if they didn't make the kids do it. Um, making meals, cleaning up after the meals. Like it's, it's just such a job, you know, and yet that's her life. It's not a job that you get paid for. It's not something that you can just put in your eight hours and come home. Like that is literally who you are from the time you get up to the time you go to bed. Maybe you can go out and get coffee with the other people that have that same kind of life. And then you can vent about how horrible it is. It, it's just a sucky time for women, really, if you think about it. Um, yeah, it's just really weird to think about the world actually worked that way at one point. Um, maybe it still does. I would imagine in some places, probably some places in the country are even still like that. But for the most part now, you know, more women are out in the workforce and it's a completely different world than it was uh, during this time. But um, yeah, it's, it's so strange to think about all that. So yeah, I, I wouldn't be grudge any woman that needed a sip of alcohol every five minutes or something during this time, because really what a shitty life, you know? I mean, yuck, it's, it, that couldn't have been fun. I, I just, I mean, there's one thing, there's a love for taking care of your kids and your family and all that. And I get that, but just from morning until night, you're always folding stuff. You're always putting stuff away. You're always making, you know, making food or cleaning up after it. Like, th- where's the joy in that? Like, there's got to be more to life than that. There just has to be. So thankfully, there's not maybe as much of that in this world today. So uh, now that I've babbled on about how life works, <laughs> that's Mother's Little Helper. Uh, that's going to take us to our next song, which is really kind of similar. Uh, 19th Nervous Breakdown. This is what I like to call a subtle shuffle. Um, It it definitely has a shuffle rhythm to it on the hi-hat, but the hi-hat is so tight and closed. It's really just a tick and it it stands out a little bit, but the drums overall are are pretty subtle on these songs, the way that they're mixed. Um, But uh, yeah, it is a shuffle. 
Uh, I like this song. I think this is a crazy family. This is one of those families I I just like to see a documentary of and figure out what the hell's going on and what they're trying to do. Uh, very interesting people. But this song just has a really good feel to it. It's got some nice parts. It's got the stop in there. Um, gives the song a little bit of room to breathe. But it's just a fun song, you know. And every once in a while, you know, you can write songs that are about important things. You can write songs about love and passion and, and you know, uh, looking to the future and excitement and all that. But every once in a while, you just need to have a fun song that's really about nothing important. I think those songs are are very important to hear. I think not everything needs to have a meaning. Sometimes things can just be there to be enjoyed if, if that's the only thing that they ever need to do. But uh, it's a fun song. I, I like it. There's, a, there's a, some nice parts at the end. Um, that it gets to, but it, overall, this is pretty much, you know, these, the minute or so that I'm playing of a song, you know, with the Stones, like I said, they're pretty straightforward. So this is pretty much the song you're going to get. There might be a solo or another change or something somewhere, but for the most part, you know, um, that's what it's going to be. But a very cool song, just the same. I, I've always liked this one. I thought it was, um, you know, a, a great song to just kind of let your mind escape from all the other things and not have to worry about what the song was about or where it was going. So that brings us to uh, the next song I want to talk about, which is called, and this is a drummer favorite, of course, it's called Paint It Black and actually was performed on stage by Deep Purple. is so intriguing you know it it really is i love the um just the mysterious feel to it like pay attention because something's coming and it might be ominous it might be a bad thing but be aware you know it just has that feel to it i, I can't remember what the movie was but i know there was a film trailer that used that and I think they just used the Paint It Black song for the rest of the trailer. I don't think it went into like film trailer music or anything, but I remember thinking about how powerful that opening was. And that was one of those things that early on, I was like, Ooh, this is interesting. I, I like the way that this feels, you know, this is different. It's unique. And, um, and of course, you know, once you get into the song, this is a pretty powerful song. I mean, the mix, the way that music was recorded, it doesn't really have a lot of power to it. When we think about how this might sound, if it were recorded today, with, you know, a much heavier guitar and, and that sort of thing. But um, but for the day, I mean, this was a, a pretty, you know, aggressive and powerful song. Um, I really like it. I think it's it's got such a good mood to it. I love the drums on it, of course. Um, yeah, a, a definitely an excellent song and one that really gets your foot tapping, I have to say. Um, I don't know if it's danceable. I'm not a, one that dances, so I don't really know if it would be. But I would imagine that this was played in dance clubs. I would have to think it would be. Um, I, 
Yeah, it's one I would highly recommend checking out. I mean, most people probably know the song, but for those that don't or those that haven't listened to it in a while, give it a spin. It's worth listening to. And so is our next song, one of my favorites, actually. This is called Under My Thumb. I think it's pretty cool to have a marimba in a song like this. You know, it definitely gives the song a a completely different feeling. It's kind of gentle, but yet the vocals actually do get kind of aggressive towards the end of the song. He just kind of goes off. and, And I really like that. That's the stuff that I wish, you know, as a singer, I had been able to do, but it's just not something I had. in. I didn't have that arrow in my quiver. Um, but it's a really cool song. It's, it's, it's just got such a great groove to it. It's kind of jazzy. And got a great vocal uh, guitars are really just some nice accents and stuff. Uh, again, really simple, but it's got its own signature to it. I think the marimba really helped with that. Um, but there's there's a part where it kind of like quiets down for a minute and then it comes back. And that's when he, you know, just kind of goes off at the end a little bit. But um, yeah, there's no real memories associated with this one. I, I just remember when I got this album, I think it was when I was 17 close to graduating high school. So it would have been like around the springtime, I think, when I got it. And I don't even know what made me get this album, being that I wasn't a huge fan of the Stones. I probably saw it in, you know, maybe like a discount bin or something and thought, oh, you know what, I'll give it a, I'll give it a whirl. I like a couple of these songs and then just really got into it. But I remember um, listening to it. I had just gotten my first stick shift. So I was driving a little slower because I was not great at driving a stick. Um, I don't know why I bought a truck that was a stick when I couldn't drive a stick, but it all worked out. Uh, but I remember like listening to it on my way to work and stuff and driving slowly because A, I was being cautious as a driver and B, because I just like wanted to hear one more song. So it was it was definitely a, a good time. So this this has that springtime feel to it. This album does in general. And maybe that's kind of why I'm wanting to cover this album now, because it's that time of year for me where these songs kind of relate to those memories a little bit more. But this is definitely a good song. I, I would say one of my favorite Stone songs uh, very easily. And that brings us to another one of my favorite so- Stone songs called Let's Spend the Night Together. Let's spend the night together 
this song is just a blast. It's a lot of fun. It's got really good energy. Um, I actually dig the piano in it. I don't know who in the band played piano, but I, I, I dig the sound of it. Um, it's kind of like the last one had marimba. This one's got a piano. Uh, you just never know what you're going to get with these guys. But it's uh, it's definitely just a fun song. I mean, obviously, it's all about hooking up. I don't think that there's any metaphor to it at all. Definitely a song that White Snake could have written or the Scorpions, since uh, their careers were kind of built on the, this kind of concept. But uh, yeah, I think it's a fun song. And this is another one that, you know, you just kind of, bop your head along to maybe you'll sing a little bit here and there to it because it's it's just one that you can't help but to get immersed in and i really like the ending of this song too because this is another one where he just completely goes off i mean the last whole section of the song is really just repetition and mick jagger just kind of riffing during the whole thing and um i really like that it's one of those songs that honestly if it was a minute more I would enjoy another minute of it. I don't get tired of it at all. I don't feel like it's too long. Um, I feel like it's too short because when it's over, I want to hear it again. And that is definitely a sign of some great songwriting. Um, Yeah, really, really cool song. If you don't know this one, if you're going to check out any Rolling Stones song and you like a good upbeat rock and roller, I would say this would be the one to check out because it's got all those elements. I mean, you definitely can't go wrong with this one. Um, We're going to slow things down a little bit, go in a completely different direction. Our next song is one that's very well known. It's been licensed in films. I know I've seen it in film trailers as well. This one's called Sympathy for the Devil. so many cool things about this song Um, obviously for me being a drummer all that percussion and everything that uh, layers in at the beginning is really enjoyable Uh, I think it's very well done not overdone just just very tasteful Um, it's a great bass line too I think it's that's just fantastic and then you know you got such a great vocal an interesting perspective on the story though I mean you're basically hearing the side of Satan um, which is kind of cool there's a uh, part that comes in later on in, in later verses where the band kind of does some who's and um, just adds a little bit of flavor to the verses, gives it some more background, which in general, I don't like those kind of things. But for this one, I think it, it works really well. Um, just a great, great song. And it's got just such an intriguing feeling to it when it opens up and you're like, OK, tell me more. I want to know more about the story. And it's one that you kind of really just get hooked on. Um, both musically and lyrically. And I'm not a huge lyrics guy, but this is one that that definitely is, you know, it's nice to hear the story told. I think it's just a different perspective on things which we don't often get. So uh, I think it's pretty cool overall. Definitely one to listen to, one to check out. Even just as a fan of music, if, if you don't listen to the story in itself, I think the music has plenty to offer. Just following that bass line alone is worth a listen to this song. No doubt about that. Um 
Our next song is one that was done with Carly Simon, and it's called Gimme Shelter. As an audio engineer, I should probably really dislike a lot of these mixes, but I guess part of it is I'm so used to hearing them this way, and part of it is just knowing that this is what music sounded like during this era of recording. Um, I definitely think that this song is one where the vocals are a little bit too buried. Um, I, I would like to hear them a little bit more up front and a little more clarity, but uh, the song itself is great. I love that tremolo guitar that stays all the way through it. I think the vocals are spectacular. I think uh, Mick Jagger and Carly Simon sound really good together. Um, of course, Carly Simon, that big controversy with her song, You're So Vain, and who it was actually written about. There's been so much speculation, and she, as far as I know, has not revealed. She's left a lot of clues, but has not come out and said definitively, this was written about so-and-so. She's basically said, look, I've, I've given you all the clues figured out. Um, but on this song that she guested on with the Rolling Stones, I think it was a great, great match. Um, another one with just like a great groove to it. The drums are pretty simple, but they, they just keep it moving along. I think it's the right tempo, you know, a little faster, a little slower. I think the song would feel completely different. And a lot of songs, you know, you've got a variance in tempo that you can go through and it doesn't really change the overall feel. But I think this one's like spot on. I think even the slightest variance could really make a difference in, in how the song feels. And um, another great bass line, just really grooves, you know, that in combination with the drums, just really keep the song at a good pace, I think. Um, but really, for me, it's the the guitar, that tremolo guitar and the vocals that really sell this one. And it's one that, again, I could listen to over and over and not get bored in the slightest. So that moves us on to our last couple of songs. This next one is called, and it is so true, You Can't Always Get What You Want.
at the reception A glass of wine in her hand I knew she was gonna meet her connection At her feet was You know, it's interesting hearing it right now. I, I never noticed. It, it, it's almost like Mick Jagger sings just over the top of singing. Like he just has a lot of inflections in his voice. It seems like it's kind of over what should be done, but it really works. I mean, he's just got a, such a way as a storyteller to draw you in as a listener and want to find out where the story's going. He's very good at that. And, you know, I really like his voice. I think he's perfect for this kind of music. I don't think he could have been you know, uh, like in Led Zeppelin or Black Sabbath or anything like that. I think he was really designed to be doing this kind of music. I think it's absolutely perfect for him. I don't know what his range is. I don't think I've ever heard him really sing anything high or low, but I've heard him sing with some real power, like in um, Let's Spend the Night Together, you know, when he's riffing at the end. He's got a lot of power potential in his voice. But where he tends to keep it is kind of like right here, maybe a little more aggressive than this. But uh, I think it's just perfect for him. That that wheelhouse is is exactly where he should be. But this is a cool song. I mean, it's it's got that intro is like super long with the choral section and everything. I guess if you're going to pay for a choral section, you might as well use them. But uh, it's it's quite a bit of the opening. It really gets into uh, just a great feel. And again, it's like Mick Jagger really brings these songs to life with the way that he delivers the vocals and with his, you know, in between verse words and stuff that he just, he just really has a way about him that I find very pleasing. I'm actually maybe going to have to dig into this band a little bit more because now that I'm hearing these again, it's been a while. Uh, but now that I'm hearing these again, I'm kind of wondering like, if I like all these songs, there's got to be other stuff I would like by these guys. So maybe I'll start digging into them here at some point soon, but this is just a good song. I mean, it's, it's definitely a good point. Like you got to face it. You can't always have everything you want in life. It's just the way it is. And you know, maybe sometimes it's better not to depend on things and not to, you know, get your hopes up too much. Just hope for it in a way that's not uh, going to be detrimental if it doesn't happen. Like put good energy towards it, but don't put like so much investment in it that if it doesn't happen, you'll be devastated. I know that I did that so much early on in my music career. Like every little opportunity was, oh my God, thank God I don't have to work in restaurants anymore and I can finally be a musician. And then it would fall through and it's just devastating. And the next offer that comes up, you're like, less excited about, you know, auditioning for it or sending in a demo or or whatever. You just like the hope is, isn't quite as excited as it was for the last one, because you know now how devastating it is to be let down. And eventually you learn, you know what, I'm just going to submit and see what happens. If I get it great, if I don't, that's fine too. My life won't be any different and not be so dependent on these things to change your life. You know, it's the few opportunities really come along that will and, you know, obviously even fewer of them are achieved. So I I really suggest to anybody to, yes, hope for it, put your energy towards it. Definitely don't dial in whatever performance you need to give to give your audition or to submit your tape or whatever it's going to be. I mean, give that 100 percent, but don't get attached to the outcome. Don't be like, oh my God, I hate my job. I can't stand working in telemarketing or customer service or whatever anymore. This has got to be the thing that gets me out of it. Like, don't look at it that way. Just put your best into it, submit, and then let it go. Whatever's going to happen is going to happen. But if you if you start thinking about it while you're doing your audition and start thinking about how desperate you are to have it or you know, 
how devastating it's going to be if you don't get it. That is going to reflect in whatever your submission is. So 100% positive during the submission process, except that you've done the best that you could do and then let go of the outcome. Let it be what it's going to be. Let it be. That should be a song. Hmm. Anyway, getting back to the music. Uh, yeah, this is really a, a cool song. It's It's just got that that little slap of reality in it that I think is very important that we all need from time to time. Um, but it's definitely a cool song. Another one that I would say is, is a great stone song to, uh, to check out if you're interested in getting into what this band can do. Um, which brings me to our last song already. Wow. This has gone by fast. Um, this one is called wild horses. Okay, now I remember why I bought this. And it was not on sale. I actually went out of my way to find this. Um, I think I bought it at Media Play in Colorado Springs, I want to say. Media Play uh, was a really cool uh, electronic store that opened up. It was like a lot of movies and CDs, really good prices, huge variety. Uh, Best Buy eventually bought them because they were competition and then basically media play disappeared. So, uh, which is a shame because at the time, like Best Buy had a really good record section too, and they slimmed down to like nothing. And at the time it was so cool to go to Best Buy or media play and just like look around, you could get classical CDs for a dollar or two. And, you know, there was always good sales and stuff going on. And then they disappeared media play and then they shrunk their own section. They could have kept media play open for all that stuff if they wanted to shrink it in their own stores, but basically they just took it away for all of us. So that kind of sucked. But um, yeah, there's there's definitely a, a thing about going and shopping in a record store that a lot of people won't necessarily get to experience because there aren't that many anymore. I mean, there's like used stores and stuff, which is still fun because you could find all kinds of cool stuff, but uh, it's just different now, you know? Um, but anyway, I went looking for this because Wild Horses was featured in 
I'm pretty sure it was a truck commercial. And I don't know if it was like, uh, you know, a, a Do- I want to say it was a Dodge Ram, although I'm not positive, but it was like shot out in the West at the, you know, dusky sunset. And there's like a guy with a lasso and trying to catch a horse. And then you see the truck driving by and, you know, all this imagery that makes absolutely no sense, but makes somebody with testosterone want to buy a truck. And, um, I remember really liking the song and I I realized, of course, I I knew who it was right away. I hadn't known the song before. So I went out and this was the album that I found it on. And I thought, oh, well, there's all these other songs that I know on here too. So I I just went ahead and got the compilation CD. Uh, So that's how I came to get this one. But I love the vocal on this. I love the gentleness of the guitar. This is the kind of song that makes me really wish I could play acoustic guitar. It's not anything that at this point in time I have a skill for. Maybe when I retire, (laughs) Uh, maybe if I retire, I can, uh, you know, maybe I'll buy an acoustic or something and, and, you know, maybe try to learn it. But for now, um, really don't find it important enough to put the time into. There's other things that I have that are taking more precedence than that. But, but this is the kind of song that would inspire me to do it, to actually do it like this. And, you know, I've talked to my other podcast, Uriah Heap, the magician's podcast about that a lot, like songs like blind eye and stuff where I'm just like, Man, I wish I could just strum some acoustic guitar chords and make a song out of it. But, you know, maybe someday. Who knows? Uh, But in any case, yeah, that's a big attraction to me is just the guitar on this. And, of course, just the vocals, especially the chorus. They just have a a really mellow, together sound to them. When I say together, I mean, like, you know, we're all in this together, like a group thing, you know, uh, like everybody feeling the same emotion and putting it out together in, in support of each other. That's just how how the song feels to me. And I've always, ever since I saw that commercial, um, and I'm pretty sure it was a Dodge Ram. Um, ever since I saw that commercial, I, I, I thought this is, this is a song I like, and that's exactly why I like it. Uh, you know what? I think I'm going to do a bonus on this. I'm going to do another song. This is not from this album. But there's another Rolling Stones song that I, I think I should cover as well, because it, it's, it means equal to me to all these other songs. And this one is called Angie. This is another song that would make me want to play acoustic guitar, I think, um, or at least an acoustic electric, you know, just something like that. But it it has such a good feel to it. I love the piano on this one. It's really gentle, really subtle, but there's some really nice fills in there. I love the way that they come out of the chorus and go right back into the verse. Um, I I think it's just such a well-written and well-performed song. It's got a great feel to the story. 
you know, um, interestingly, it, it's one of the first Rolling Stone songs that I remember knowing or, or associating with them. And uh, it's, it's always been a favorite because it's just got such a great feel to it overall. You know, all these songs do really, they're, they're really a great band. And you can understand why they survived and been around this long. I don't know how well they would do if they came out today. You know, and it's always weird to say that because they're part of music history. They're part of why we do things the way we do today. So if they came out today, that wouldn't exist. Music would be completely different anyway. But assuming that music somehow ended up where it is today without them and they came out now, I just I don't know if they would be able to cut through the noise that's out there. But you could say that about a lot of bands. You know, we we look at bands as as amazing because we've known them and they've been around since the beginning of, of you know, our musical existence like Led Zeppelin, for example. But would Led Zeppelin, if they came out today as a band, would they even get noticed? Would they get signed? Would they get buried in all the muck that's out there? It's so hard to tell. I think the Stones had a very unique perspective on music. I don't think I could name another band that's quite like them. Um, They weren't flashy. They weren't like, you know, oh my God, you got to hear this guitar solo or anything like that. I mean, they were very um, straightforward and gentle band with a lot of great songs and even let's spend the night together, which is probably the heaviest song I know by them um, with the way the recording is and everything. Like I said, it doesn't, it doesn't sound that heavy. It's just an up-tempo song, uh, but it actually is. I mean, for the day, it was definitely a heavy song, but yeah, they're a good band. And, um, I hope that you guys like these selections that I picked if you did, go check them out. You know, check out the full songs. There's really some good stuff in there. If you're going to say, which one would you recommend overall uh, in the moment? I mean, you could ask me every five minutes and it might be different. But in the moment, I'll say, let's spend the night together and listen to it all the way through. Really get into that ending. Like, don't put it on and be doing other things. Like, really focus on the song. And if you're not tapping your foot by the end of it, then maybe you're already dead and you don't know it. And this is the episode where you find out. Hopefully not, though. You know, we need you for stuff. So thanks for joining me for another episode of the Haskin Cast podcast, guys. We will see you soon with another episode. Cheers. Cheers.